Welcome, welcome, welcome to Intervisions of a Political Side Hustler, hosted by Raymond Ricks II, better known as Sunrise Ricks II. Yeah, we are going to drop a little knowledge here on a couple of subjects that is going underneath the rug. And um, one is this new outbreak over in Ohio. The white lung cells uh, pneumonia that is causing a major outbreak over there uh, is not being reported as much as, as it should be. And also, I am going to check out an incident that happened years ago. Um, attorney Stephanie Morales uh, fat checks the fake news reporter Andy Fox yes I'm going to get into all that and more on inner visions of a political side hustler the name is back forever let's get it Substitute teacher. Local Tennis reporter Trent Kelly is live outside the school this midday with reaction. Trent. Yeah, Janice, Sam, what a shocking sight it was for students in class yesterday. All of this, by the way, going down right here on the campus of Miami Central Senior High School. Those students whipping out their cell phones so they re could record that fight. And now we're learning that video may possibly lead to criminal charges against the student involved. Shocking video surfacing on social media showing a student at Miami Central Senior High appearing to attack a substitute teacher. The classroom chaos posted online yesterday appears to have been recorded by other students who witnessed the fight while sitting in class. Take another look and you can see the student in question appearing to charge at the substitute teacher. At some point, the sub puts that student into a headlock before both eventually fall to the floor. The whole time, other kids can be heard reacting in the background. <laughs> I thought it was just crazy. Like, I saw the video on my phone, and I was like, oh, my God. Students we spoke with identified that sub as Mrs. Ferguson, who they say frequently fills in for various classes. I was just wondering, like, what made that student fight the teacher like that. I don't understand this generation these days, but this was taking place now. This woman is a substitute teacher herself, and while she wasn't involved in this fight, she says times have sure changed since she was a student. Oh, it's a way big difference. We have respect. We ain't fight no teacher. We sit down, we did what they say, we did our work. We know, we just show really respect. Yeah, and within the last hour, we did receive an updated statement from the school district reading in part, quote, all indicators point to the student having been the aggressor here. They say it is evident that the employee used great restraint in her attempts to de-escalate the situation as a result of her unacceptable behavior. They're talking about the student here. That student will now be disciplined according to the Code of Student Conduct, and they say she may be facing criminal charges. classroom involving a music teacher and a 14-year-old 
So what started as a fight and why some students are standing with that teacher tonight, ABC's Will Carr picks up the story. Hello, bro. Yeah, what that Watch the tense moments just before a brawl breaks out between a teacher and pupil. Bro, did you really say that, bro? This 14-year-old repeatedly calling his African-American teacher a racial slur. Bro, say it too, bro. You're right here, bro. Everybody watch Hurling a basketball at the teacher. <laughs> According to students, the confrontation sparked by an alleged dress code violation. After asking the student to leave the class, the teacher, Marston Riley, eventually snaps. Pulling the student to the floor, pummeling it with repeated blows to the head. Riley arrested, the student sent to the hospital. The community of Maywood, California now split on who's to blame. I think it was both of their faults, like the teacher and the, the, the student. That was good for the kid and... Part for the teacher too. While some parents also voicing their concerns. I know kids say stuff that they shouldn't, but he should be accountable. Tom, tonight the teacher is facing a child abuse charge. The student has been released from the hospital, and here at the school they're planning on having counselors on campus first thing in the morning. Tom. Well, thank you. Hi everyone, George. Step Music teacher and student beating on each other shocked millions of people. Students recorded the violent confrontation about a year and a half ago at Maywood Academy High School. And tonight, the teacher in that video is speaking out. CBS 2's Tom Wade asked him why he snapped and how the situation spiraled so far out of control. It's the horrifying classroom attack video that went viral. A high school music teacher unloading punch after punch on a 14-year-old student. Just seconds before, the student unleashed a racist tirade on the teacher, and the teacher snapped. That teacher is Marston Riley. That day, he was taken away in handcuffs from Maywood High School. He would never return. It was November 2018. Now, a little more than a year later, Riley is retired. The criminal case against him has been dropped, and he's speaking out. Riley says what we all saw in this recording was only part of the story. What they showed was me hitting the student. They didn't show anything before then. The confrontation began during a school uniform check. When I got to that student particularly, he didn't have his uniform. When I asked him for it, and uh, he became belligerent. Riley says the student he punched first threw something at him and then baited Riley with a slew of racist slurs. He hit me with the basketball. So I decided, okay, I need to call security one more time. Once he finished talking, then I just turned and walked away and uh, called security. And again, all that happened before the camera started rolling. In other words, what everybody saw which is the second time he came into the classroom. He got worse and worse. The less I did, the worse he got. And it finally came to the altercation. Looking back, we asked Riley if he would have done it differently. Do you think you took it too far? No, I, um, I tried to avoid it. I took what I took, and I didn't want it to go there, but it went there. If he wanted to avoid something like that, you don't leave and then come back. 
The 64-year-old would be facing battles now on two fronts, a criminal case and the prospect of losing his job. Riley says he retired before the district handed down a punishment, and last fall, the DA dropped the case. It was like a weight off his shoulders. Riley received significant support from his former students and parents. A GoFundMe was launched that raised almost $200,000 to help pay for his legal fees. Riley says he's speaking out now because he wants people to know what kind of abuse teachers everywhere endure. The sad part about it is it's like teachers are being treated like that every day. You know, they're being assaulted, abused, and something needs to be said about it. What the hell is going on with the school system? What the hell is going on with some of the students? What the hell is going on with the parents? All right, some are living in single parent household. And you have some who live in the two parent households. It doesn't matter. It's all in how you discipline your child. Now, you do have some teachers out there who are belligerent as well. All right. The school system is not. It's not safe. That's why I advocate for homeschooling. I side with the, the, with the um, substitute teachers over in Miami-Dade, Florida, and the one over in uh, California. I side with them. I was going to use, um, you know, being a teacher as my um, major in college. But after seeing the abuse that these teachers get and only get, what, 25 to 30,000 a year, I'm like, hell no. I love teaching. You know, I love reaching out to people with kindness and respect. But risking your life for this and low pay is not worth it. That's why I advocate for homeschooling. Kids are actually better off in homeschooling than in a public school. You know what? Over in Baltimore... The school systems, the public school systems have been failing miserably. The average GPA is about a 2.0 or lower. All right. I believe homeschooling, you should have the parent, you know, guide and discipline their child. Get them away from the video games. Get them away from the television. And get themselves into the books. But you also have some parents. Mostly single mothers. Honestly, who aren't educated themselves. Some are, but some aren't. Let's be very honest. And they don't put as much time and effort into teaching their son or daughter as far as math, reading, arithmetic, even trade. Now that I've looked at it, 
ever since the presidency of Donald Trump, I'm realizing that the value of a college degree, the value is not what it used to be. It's good to get a degree. It's good to get a doctorate. It's good to get a master's. It's cool. But then you're facing student loan debt. You're facing... um, It's not a guarantee that you'll get a job after college. That's what they will not tell you. And that's where some parents will not tell you. As a parent, it's your responsibility to be upfront and honest in telling your child the truth about what's going on in the education system. It really is. Now, I had a different topic to talk about, which is called the white lung pneumonia, which has been an outbreak in Ohio, which is gotten a little out of control, but it's not, they say, the mainstream media say it's not connected to China, but there's no evidence of that, so nothing is out of bounds with that theory. But when I saw this video on YouTube of how substitute teachers have been attacked and how kids and teachers are fighting It is an epidemic. The school systems all across America has failed tremendously. And I mean tremendously. I'm going to tell you this. Some parents out here in this country have failed their child. Mother and father have failed tremendously. And the child itself should be held accountable. When you reach a certain age, when you know right from wrong, you should be held accountable. I don't care who you are. All right. You have dropout rates skyrocketed. All right. It has skyrocketed. As a matter of fact, let me um, let me do this here. All right. I want to I want to see the I don't want to lie and say okay it's skyrocketing but with the way things are going the way things are going I wouldn't be surprised but I'm going to give you the data of the high school dropout rate Hold on everybody how's everybody's Sunday been In 2021, there were 2 million status dropouts between the ages of 16 and 24. The overall status dropout rate decreased from 8.3% in 2010 to 5.2% in 2021. My mistake, you guys. My mistake. I hold myself accountable for... um, 
you know, for giving y'all misinformation. But I want to read this in four-year institutes, <clears throat> excuse me, four-year institutions, 56% of students tend to drop out after six years. Okay, I'm thinking that's in college. All right. So it has improved. The status dropout rate varied by race, ethnicity in 2021. The status dropout rate for Pacific Islanders, 7.6%, was higher than the rates for white and Asian, 16 to 24 years of age. All right. 10.2%. Let me see. Let me let me let me get let me get it here. Hispanic in 2010 was 16.7% dropped to 7.8%. American Indian, Alaskan, Native, 15.4% to 10.2%. Black Americans, 10.3%, way down to 5.9%. White American, 5.3 to 4.1. Asian from 2.8 to 2.1. So Asian Americans have the lowest high school dropout rate. And what the media will not tell you is what some left wing or right me, excuse me, the left wing and right wing media will not tell you is that the dropout rate of African-American kids, including the inner cities, is significantly low. They are significantly low. They're in that category with the Asian and white Americans. So the images that y'all saw on social media, on Instagram and Facebook, where you see black kids twerking, black kids raising their guns, having all kinds of drama fights, cursing at each other, one another. It's like these social media platforms are benefiting off of black violence, off of black ignorance. But they will not tell you about the black excellence that is going on. There is more black excellence going on, whether it's in the inner cities or in the suburbs, there are more of that than there is a lot of ignorant stuff going on. So yeah, much love and much respect to the black community. Very good job. All right, all right. But however, I want to get to this story about... website health officials in Ohio are warning about an increase in pneumonia cases among children but experts say there isn't a connection between this outbreak and the one happening in China now a press release Thursday officials in Ohio's Warring County located between Cincinnati and Dayton share an update on the outbreak there noting uh 
145 cases have been reported in children aged 3 to 14 years of age. These cases of pediatric pneumonia, which some have referred to as white lung syndrome, most typically cause cough, fever, and fatigue. Hmm. Dr. Mandy Cohen, the director of Centers for Disease Control and Prevention, also addressed questions about it at a House committee hearing Thursday, saying there is no evidence of a new virus like COVID-19 in the China outbreak. What we do know as of, again, as of today is we do not believe this is a new or novel pathogen. We believe this is all existing, meaning COVID flu, RSV, mycoplasma. Mycoplasma is a type of bacteria that can cause pneumonia. This increases is sensationally, oh, I'm sorry, seasonably appropriate and in line with the levels of pneumonia typically seen at this time of the year prior to the COVID-19 pandemic. I want to read this again. This increase is seasonally appropriate and in line with the levels of pneumonia typically seen at this time of the year prior to the COVID-19 pandemic. Now they say there is no evidence all right, that the case seen there was related to microplasma a type of pneumonia that has gained attention as a potential factor in the white lung pneumonia. But it is in the same category as COVID and RSV and the flu bug. So really, it's in that same category, but you're saying that it has no connection it does have a connection if it gets people sick or has a similar symptom. So which is true? Which is which? Be careful with the World Health Organization, the WHO. Yes. The WHO has been known to... Um, exaggerate the truth. There were the ones that say the vaccine is a way to cure you from the outbreak. Remember? But now they're saying you have to have a booster shot. You have to take these vaccines in order to stay safe. In fact, more people die from the vaccine than they did without the vaccine. Vaccine-related deaths have increased tremendously. Mental health cases have increased due to the vaccine. All right, the left part of the cerebral cortex has been affected when somebody takes a vaccine. Your health all of a sudden has been interrupted that is physically in shape or have that energy to go to work 
to get up out of bed due to the vaccine. All right. So do some research, everyone, before you can say or believe in the mainstream media. Because they do tend to exaggerate the truth. So always do the knowledge and go back and, you know, look it up. But there are a lot of vaccine deaths that are happening. And we have our children. Our children that are suffering. More of them are sicker now than ever before. Because these officials don't have a clue how to get rid of it. So yeah, it's it's getting crazy out here in this world. It really is. Um, I'm not telling you or I'm not telling people don't get the vaccine shot. I'm not. It's your decision. All right, whatever decision you make, if it's best for you, go for it. But if for those of, of excuse me, if for those of you guys who don't want to take the vaccine, kudos to you. And for people who took the vaccine, do not do not disrespect or criminalize those who refused to take it because they did the research and they found out that there's going to be more health effects with the vaccine. Remember, Dr. Malone even did tests and he realizes that people who take the vaccine will die within five to ten years after they took it. All right. It's getting out of hand. It's getting hectic. All right. Are we really safe in this world? Are we? We really don't know. I tell people, eat right, exercise as much as you can, enjoy life, all right? Because a lot of things are happening and it's gotten to the point where Down to the point where we don't know what tomorrow will bring. We really don't. Alright. So I'm going to play a clip here of the white lung syndrome. This is going to be very interesting, y'all. Of the CDC, Tom Friedman. He also serves as the president and CEO of Resolve to Save Lives. Dr. Frieda, thank you for being here uh, on the Hill. Appreciate the time. I wonder, you know, we, we saw this news today about um, this is on one of your successors. Um, and I wonder what you make of Dr. Fauci answering questions before Congress in 2024. It's important that we air the issues, that there's a frank discussion of things. It's clear that uh, Every one of us, if we could relive the pandemic, would do some things differently. It's also clear that we have ways forward that we're not taking and need to take. 
That includes reducing the risk of spillover from animal diseases to humans. That includes improving laboratory safety to reduce the risk of a laboratory accident in any country of the world. The pandemic was devastating to our economy, to our health, to our kids' education, and we need to do better at protecting ourselves and the world from the next big threat. See the blame. Uh, your question cut off. I said, is he to blame? Or did <laughs> you put Fauci to blame? Yeah. Uh, you know, uh, Tony Fauci was for more than three decades the head of the infectious disease research arm of the National Institutes of Health. He advised six presidents. I was with him during some of those uh, advisory sessions. He's a scientist. And um, my belief is that he has always acted to protect people, to try to learn more, and to do what works. He's become, unfortunately, a lightning rod for partisan politics. And the fact is, that's that's a problem because he's really a pretty nonpartisan person. Hey, doctor, I want to ask you, and let's look forward. What's going on in China right now? Can you explain what's happening and what you believe, sir, is happening? Although we don't have all of the information I wish we would have on the details of who's getting sick and when, what we believe is happening is sometimes called an immunity gap, that there were years where people weren't getting infected because of lockdowns and therefore are much more susceptible to influenza, RSV, COVID and other infections. And we saw this in the US last year. China opened up about a year after us, so they're seeing it now. We're seeing it this year not too late to get your flu shot, your RSV shot if you're over 65 or need it, and your COVID vaccination. We're really lagging here. And because of that, we have avoidable hospitalizations and deaths in this country. Hey, doctor, you know, I, I'm sure you know what's going on in the state of Ohio. It's become the first state to report a mysterious uptick in pediatric pneumonia. Of course, as we see um, what, what's going on in China. Do, do you think there's a, a link there? Do you, do you think, how big of a concern do you see that right now inside the United States? The key is to investigate. And that's why we, along with uh, organizations around the world, advocate for something called 717. Every single health threat identified within seven days, reported within one day, and all essential control measures in place within seven days. He hits his mark center stage and is crushed We're by- Going to another um, news outlet. Well, it's still The Hill, but a different segment of this topic. Liberty Neutral. It killed almost no kids. That was sort of the saving grace of COVID in so many ways. Yet now there is something really affecting kids. It's a mystery that has caused huge concern. And now we understand it's not only spreading in China, not only spreading in Europe, it's in Warren, Ohio, of all places. Take a listen. Breaking this noon, the Warren County Health Department is sounding the alarm about an outbreak of pediatric pneumonia. I think it's starting to take root here in the United States. I think it's taking root in Washington, D.C. Warren County is seeing an outbreak in pediatric pneumonia cases. But nobody knows what is causing, as you heard, an uptick in this respiratory illness among children. When you look at the pictures of people's lungs and then you look at the pictures of people being treated, it looks an awful lot like COVID. COVID pneumonia almost killed me, so I have some experience with this. 
The mysterious child pneumonia called white lung is spreading to children in the U.S. with cases up 25% from a week ago, infecting every 80 out of 100,000 kids. The virus has already spread from China to Europe to London, Paris, Amsterdam, Frankfurt, and now the United States. Hospitals are crowded trying to keep up with the cases. Almost like sounds like here we go again. These are pictures from China. Of course, the Chinese are lying about everything and won't tell us what's happening. Warren County, Ohio has already seen 142 cases and the number is expected to rise. For those of you looking at your phones or calendars, no, this is not 2021 all over again. It's case numbers once again in 2023. And in some places, people are again masking up to try and protect themselves. Take a look at this map where we're seeing cases of child pneumonia spiked in the United States in addition to Ohio. Massachusetts is now being hit by a wave of this strange disease. CDC officials say nothing is out of the ordinary. That was probably January of 2020 when it came to COVID. Do you remember that? Nothing to worry about because the World Health Organization said COVID wasn't transmissible from person to person. Yeah, the World Health Organization was covering up for China back then as well. According to county health officials, not only is this above the county average in Warren, Ohio, it also meets the Ohio Department of Health definition of an outbreak, an outbreak of something that we have no idea what it is or what's causing it. And when it comes to the CDC declaring nothing to see here over a mysterious respiratory illness, fool us once, shame on you. Fool us twice, shame on me. And keep this in mind when we think about what's happening here. An administration that loved talking about the pandemic and science and COVID and keeping us safe has been silent about this. And no one can quite figure out why. A lot more on this tomorrow with someone treating these cases to tell us what they know, what they don't, and what they'd love to know from the Chinese where this all started. Thank It's all connected to China. When China has an outbreak, it reaches to different parts of the country. It's China, their homeland. It goes outside. It goes to Europe. And it's now hitting America. And now I have a feeling that they're going to bring back the mask mandates because of the increase of the white lung pneumonia. It's getting, it's getting, it's getting kind of hectic. As a group, what? They call themselves Snap? Yeah. It's getting, it's getting, it's getting kind of hectic. It's getting, it's getting, it's getting kind of hectic. We're not safe anymore. All we have to do basically is to protect our health you know love your family but still enjoy life don't let don't let these scientists or the news media prevent you from enjoying life they love to control and tell you what to do and that's not how it should be all right i am going on to the second segment coming up is on my support for attorney of Portsmouth attorney Stephanie Morales yes she is the uh, 
attorney of Portsmouth. Yes. And I'm going to uh, play a video of uh, the confrontation she had with Andy Fox. Why I am defending attorney Ms. Morales. Stay tuned on Intervisions of a Political Side Hustler. We will be right back. Welcome back. Welcome back. Welcome back. I'm going to do now a story of this young woman who has inspired a lot of people, especially African-American women. The Commonwealth's attorney of Portsmouth, Stephanie N. Morales. I want to read this here. On February 10th, 2015, Stephanie Morales was the first woman to be elected Commonwealth's attorney in Portsmouth, Virginia, after which she immediately created sustainable programming aired at reforming the criminal justice system that has been embraced by the community. She was re-elected in November of 2017 and will have served for four years as of February, excuse me, February 2019. So I'm thinking she's still there. So that is eight years. Yes. She has committed her office to a community prosecution model focused on ensuring the community is safe and procedurally just. A month after taking office in 2015, Stephanie formed her CTRL plus ALT plus Dell program under which she has held dialogue and taught effective re-entry strategies in seminars held in the community and inside state prisons and has helped reduce recidivism by working with incarcerated citizens and citizens who have re-entered into the community to restore their voting rights and help them become productive community members. Commonwealth's attorney Morales has mentored over 150 students under her program called the Future Leaders Initiative, which was established March of 2015. Under this program, young people from elementary school all the way through law school are afforded the opportunity to show, intern, or fellow in the office after which they earn the title of Junior Commonwealth's Attorney. Yes, this program was formed to ensure a positive relationship is formed with the city's youth in hopes that they will consider careers in its criminal justice system. Attorney Morales is a firm believer that the system functions best when people of it and who respect and love its people are at its helm and her efforts are for the purpose of creating a better criminal justice system by developing its future leaders early. Commonwealth attorney Stephanie Morales is a member of the Delta Sigma Theta sorority, 
Incorporated. The links incorporated and, appro- and appointee to the Virginia State Child Fatality Review Team and is a national board member of the Local Progress Organization. Most importantly, she is a fierce advocate for justice and a wife and a mother of four children. She is proud to work for the community where she was born and raised as a true public servant. Much love to um, the Commonwealth's attorney, Stephanie Morales. Yes. So um, I want to also read up on um, this incident between Stephanie Morales and Andy Fox, which has gotten my attention. All right. Actually, it's bothered me a little bit. Now, y'all remember who Andy Fox is, right? Andy Fox is this reporter of Wavy TV 10. He is, what they say, the eight time Emmy winner of the Wavy TV station, as they say. But this is the same man who did this road rage segment like almost every day until he was caught drinking under the influence. He was arrested for DUI. So I wanted to revisit this here. Jamal Cannon was arrested and faced first-degree murder and other charges. This is from Wavy TV10 website. In the deadly shooting in February 2022, the case went to trial, but the charges were dropped because the judge ruled the Portsmouth deputy's Commonwealth's attorney failed to include the address of a key witness. Cannon's attorney was Michael Massey. In this case, they did not indicate the witness was confidential. They did not provide his address at all. So the case ended up being dismissed again because that was their star witness and he couldn't testify. So the case failed. So there's all kinds of procedures. You need evidence. It's, it's crazy. And then there was another case that was dismissed at the trial involving 19 child abuse neglect charges against Dewana Stewart who ran a child care that taught that caught fire. All right. So they're saying that that case was dismissed against Dewana Stewart. And there was a lot of controversy. A lot of controversy there. Um you know, and I'm going to play a video. All right. I'm going to play this video between Andy Fox and Stephanie Morales. I have tremendous respect for attorney Stephanie Morales. Some of the cases that are dismissed does not fall on the attorney general here in the Commonwealth. It does not fall on that person. 
honestly, it falls on the judge. Andy Fox did not interview the judge at all. Why don't you interview the judge? Someone play this video here. And I'll give you guys some thoughts on what took place. Hold on, everybody. Hold on. Hold on. This was this was basically widespread, very much widespread on social media, and um, and a lot of people have reacted to it. Okay, another infomercial. In the court, attend on your side investigation into the Portsmouth Commonwealth Attorney's Office. Andy Fox here with what he has uncovered about judges dismissing cases due to issues with discovery. And the legal term discovery is the formal process by which the parties in a court case exchange information about the case. We've reported on cases handled by the Portsmouth Commonwealth Attorney's Office that have been dismissed due to issues involving that discovery, including a child care facility that caught fire. The operator faced 19 charges of child abuse and neglect, but the charges were all dismissed with prejudice because the prosecutor in the Commonwealth Attorney's Office failed to hand over discovery evidence before trial. And the judge noted this had not happened, it had happened often, four or five times actually, in other cases within a month. Attorney Michael Massey represented the owner of the child care facility. What, as me as an attorney, you know, what I really focused on, I was a prosecutor once. I know the type of care you have to put into cases. And uh, are they not doing it? Well, I, I did. Obviously, somebody didn't do something right in that case when you don't provide something as basic as witness lists and, and designation um, of experts. I kindly disagree to any assertion that this entire office as a whole is not working as it should. There have been mechanisms that have been put in place to make sure that all information has been turned over. Now we have some breaking news on this. We have learned the state attorney general will meet with Stephanie Morales next week. And this afternoon at 1.30, Ms. Morales gave us updated staffing numbers on her office. We will have that and our investigation at... And we're back now with a story you will see only on 10. Disorder in the court in Portsmouth. Problems with prosecuting cases has put the Commonwealth's attorney's office in the spotlight. Tonight, the city's chief prosecutor answers to accusations as well as the state AG's office. They're taking a look as well. Here's 10 on your side's Andy Fox. Jamal Cannon arrested and charged with first-degree murder. Case goes to trial, but charges drop because the Portsmouth Deputy Commonwealth's attorney failed to include address of a key witness, Cannon's attorney, Michael Massey. But in this case, 
they did not indicate that the witness was confidential. They just did not provide the address at all. Fortunately, Commonwealth's attorney, Stephanie Morales, disagreed with the judge's decision. Then how come your office has so many problems with discovery? Well, this office does not have the problems with discovery. Another case, 19 child abuse neglect charges dismissed against Dewana Seward, who ran a child care facility that caught fire. Her attorney, also Michael Massey, claims he never received a witness list prior to trial, a major failure in rules of discovery. We read to Morales what Judge Brenda Spry said to her deputy Commonwealth's attorney before dismissing the case with prejudice. And it's not just this case. I will say within a month, we had four or five cases that have dealt with this. Your actions are gross negligence. The prosecutor acknowledged his office, your prosecutor, had not met the burden of care when producing the witness list. What do you want to say? And again, we have judges who make decisions based upon their discretion. They have their opinions. We have our opinions. We have our facts. The fact is, in recent high-profile cases, judges are ruling against Morales' office. I kindly disagree to any assertion that this entire office as a whole is not working as it should. Morales also says judges are making mistakes too. We have had instances of defense attorneys misstating the law, the judges allowing that information, and we find out after the fact that that is incorrect. You're Tell blaming us, the judges. I, what I'm doing is I'm being very clear about who has the opportunity to decide. This is a letter from the state attorney general. Morales did not appreciate our handing her this letter from State Attorney General Jason Miares concerning the management of her office. In light of recent news reports about serious felony cases involving murders and child abuse and Portsmouth being dismissed. Now let me stop you. Let me from stop your you. office, let me finish. Now let me stop you. Do you have my response letter? I it seems not. you're unprepared. I do not have You're unprepared to. because you asked us to speak about certain things and you've brought forward information that you don't have a response for. We did not tell her about the letter, but we were prepared with the letter and Morales was prepared not to talk about it, nor to give us a copy of her response letter, which we would later obtain on our own. In it, she defends her office. This office has directives in place that... Still, Mr. Fox... You didn't come prepared. Where was Attorney General's response letter? It's like this has become one-sided. It's like a one-sided attack on Attorney Stephanie Morales. You just proved her point. You just proved her point. Let's continue. Require adherence to all court rules. And while no one is perfect and variances happen, this office overwhelmingly takes seriously the rules of court and governing law. The state attorney general then offers Morales resources to help prosecute violent crime in the city of Portsmouth. Attorney General's office has not offered any attorneys as of yet, okay? And I will be meeting with the attorney general again at my request no one argues there aren't successes in Morales' office, but critics are concerned how her office handles issues of discovery, even in cases they win. There was a first-degree murder conviction last week. There was a first-degree murder conviction the week before. There was a, a homicide conviction not even a month prior to that. We learned that Jason Okay. 
If you're asking me to speak to whether a judge is wrong, what I will speak to is ruling. What I will speak to is what the law says. And I will speak to the fact that our attorneys go in there and they advocate based on what the law says. Okay? And so what I will not do is I will not do the disrespect of you coming in grossly underprepared, not having the whole story because you refuse to be honest about what you wanted to talk about. Our goal is to be honest with the community to be very clear about what it is that we do. Any issues that we've had, we have been straightforward on. You've reported on these issues, we've responded, we haven't ignored you. But for you to come forward with misinformation about what you wanted to speak to us about, and then bring out other information, it makes you unprepared, it puts you in a position where you cannot accurately report, and if you want to report from a one-sided perspective, that's unfortunate, but it's biased, and it's not what you should be doing with the journal. I 100% agree with Attorney General Stephanie Morales. What they will not tell you, like she said, is the successful convictions of violent crime, which is a high ratio that she said she has had a lot of success. Now, some of the judges' rulings of cases that were dismissed has nothing to do with Morales at all. It is the judge's decision. Even if Morales does give the, even if she does provide the address or the evidence, it's still up to the judge. The judge can make their ruling. In this situation, there is no um, jury. There's no jury involved, so hey, you can't put this all on Stephanie Morales. And for Andy Fox to be this grossly underprepared, and for him to be this one-sided and not look at it on both sides because it is more politically driven, this is why his story gives me fake news vibes. As uh, former President Donald Trump would say, you're fake news. We don't listen to fake news media. (laughs) But I admire Attorney General Stephanie Morales. I support her in her visions of a political side hustler. We support this attorney, she is a um, Norfolk State University grad. She has done so much for the community. She is an inspiration to so many people. And maybe one day I would love to um, interview her on my podcast in the future. I'm going to try to bring her up. Because I, I believe that she has a story to tell. She has a story to tell and I want everybody to listen. So I'm going to try to reach out to her. If I can. Because the way Andy Fox did his reporting. Not very good. 
you just looking at it from a one-sided affair. That's that's why Wavy TV 10, their reputation is not the best as far as reliability. Same as ABC News here in Virginia. Fake news is taking over and the best way to get the real news is to do research yourself. Hell, some of the um, independent underground podcasts, they do better reporting than they do. So yeah, fake news, you've been put on notice. All right. Well, that's our show for Sunday. I do apologize for my absence. Um, My focus is to be a father to my son. My focus is to be a husband to my wife. There are so many things that I need to do. I have to focus on, you know, what's really paying the bills. All right. I love doing this podcast. I love teaching people. I love it. At the same time, it's not yet helped pay for the rent, the mortgage, or other utilities. That goes to my main job, which I keep anonymous. But um, big ups to uh, Stephanie Morales, the attorney of Portsmouth. Special shout out to um, WGAG Radio. This is like the, I wouldn't say part two of Hot Damn Politics, but I um, I am a part of their community. Um, just a fan, really. I've been in their chat room and Miss Donna Colione and Nefertiti Surviving the Game, they've treated me nothing but love. You know, they've been tremendous. They are the reason why that I've done a podcast. All right. They've given me the confidence. So much love to these ladies, the great people of WJG Radio, um, Twinkstar, Xena. Much love to you. Um, Michael Davenport, um, Cliff Lowry, doing his thing in D.C., um, Big Sav, all the great people. Yes, all the great people in WJG Radio. I got nothing but love for you. Each and every one of you. All right. I know the Don Nicoleone show is not on right now. Um, the last I heard, it was coming back soon, but you have to talk to Don about it. All right. I can't sit and say, oh, it's coming back. You got to talk to the source itself. So much love to Don Nicoleone. Uh, much love to Neff. They are doing bigger and better things. And I, I'm very proud of you, ladies. Very proud. Special love to my mom, Sophia Vaughn, my wife, Jennifer Ricks, my brother, Brandon Ricks, my father, Raymond Ricks Sr., and my son, Raymond Ricks III. Special prayers go out to my son. Um, You know, um, special prayers go out. Um, It's a big day tomorrow, and, you know, what I'm going to do, what I'm going to say is, to me, it's private, but just send your prayers to him in this regards. Um, 
The next episode I'm going to talk about is going to be the job market. Working Fraternities Part 2. Yes, it is something that people need to know. We'll dig into corporations. We'll dig into why entrepreneurship is needed and why people should rely on a side hustle. One job, even a salary job, does not solve the financial issues. So until next time, this is Raymond Bricks II, better known as InterVisions, and I'm out.